0: This Manage Smarter episode is brought to you by SalesFuel's CoachFeed, your AI-powered assistant sales coach. Improve your salespeople with automated regular coaching in just two minutes a day with CoachFeed. For more information, visit CoachFeed.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast.
1: We we have a guest today. I am so excited that she's agreed to come on the show to teach everybody about Things that we all need to know more about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and how to deal with it in the workplace, and be better, and do better with it in the workplace.
0: And change is something that's happening in the workplace at a dizzying pace for a multitude of reasons in a multitude of ways. So I hope to hear a little bit more about how we're going to navigate that, and actually how to initiate that, and be an ally of that.
1: Welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. This is a great topic for today. I'm Audrey Strong. I am the Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel.
0: And I'm Celie Smith. I'm the President and CEO of SalesFuel.
1: Today's guest, Dr. Jean Ladding, President of Leading Consciously LLC and Professor Emerita at the Graduate College of Social Work, University of Houston. She's in Texas like I am.
2: She's a cougar. Hi, Jean.
1: <laughs> Thanks for coming. Hi there.
2: Thank consultant, you for having
1: me. Yeah, we're glad to have you. Let me tell uh, the people a little bit more about you. As a consultant, researcher, and educator, Jean focuses on leadership in multicultural and diverse organizations. Through her organization, as I said, it's Leading Consciously. Jean helps individuals and organizations create resilient, sustainable, multicultural, and diverse settings. Also the author of a book, you can pick it up on Amazon. I went and looked at it, Reframing Change, How to Deal with Workplace Dynamics, Influence Others, and Bring People Together to Initiate positive change. So welcome, Dr. Ladding. We're very glad to have you today.
2: Thank you. I'm, I'm honored to be here.
1: So talking about the racial divide, we're finding ourselves at a very interesting time in culturally and in our history right now. What's the first
2: th- Where do we start if we want to make a change? Start with recognizing that the divide really does exist and that those that you consider to be your friends and colleagues, if, they, if you're white and they are of a different racial or ethnic identification, they may not be telling you things that you need to know. And if you are a person of color, a leader of color, and you're in an organization where you're not telling people what they need to know, then think about, how, think about strategy. How can you approach this in a way that you can be heard? So both groups can take action to improve that divide. Okay,
0: so I'm the white guy, obviously. Yeah. And so uh, I had to navigate that you know, during uh, the George Floyd, uh, let's call it what it is, murder this summer and the protest that followed. Uh, you know, and so I reached out to many of my black friends and my, you know, my Latina friends as well, uh, you know, just to discuss this type of thing. And it was uncomfortable. Uh, I, I tell you I'm not totally sure that I did it right, but i but I did it, but it's like you know, have any advice for people like me that that want to learn more about understanding sure. the other person's life through their eyes as best as we possibly can?
2: Sure, so when you say you reached out, what does that mean? What did you do? uh started
0: with a couple of messages, uh, you know text messages, and then you know there was lunch, and you know
2: conversation okay. words yeah words what literally uh do you mind if i, I yeah
0: I, I remember saying stuff like i'm shocked at appalled at what you know at what i witnessed you know this week uh i i realized then that it's not enough anymore for me just to not be racist but also i have to you know be more active and uh, helping to change things more as a business leader And so but I don't know how to do that.
2: Beautiful. That was a that's a great, great start. You said that you're shocked. And what you could have added, but a lot of people don't is I'm sure you person of color, not shocked because this has been your lived reality all of this time. But I'm glad I got shocked into awareness. So that's a perfect thing. I, I the second perfect thing that you did was to say, I don't know. I don't know what I'm told to do. I don't know how to do it. I don't, I don't know, I don't know. And so acknowledging that you're beginning is wonderful. The third thing is to read. So asking your, pers- your person, of, your person of color, your friend of color, colleague of color, to educate you from scratch is not smart in any field. If someone wanted to come to you and say, I want to know about sales. Tell me. <laughs> you, you would throw up your hands with that question. Where that, do I start? <laughs> right. And the other start thing, I don't Google. know what you don't know. Right. Yeah, so. But you start with Google. Yeah. So, right. So you go re, if you go Google, if you I bet if you Google, we could almost try that. If you Google, I'm a white guy and I don't know how to start being anti-racist. Google will give you places to start. So I, I what I one of my mottoes is Google knows everything and what Google doesn't know, YouTube knows. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: true. true.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it so drives you, me nuts when people will actually they will ask questions or whatever, where it's like, okay, you should already know the answer to that question.
2: Yeah. So you start with learning something. And then you go in, I, I, I taught my daughter this in third grade You ne- uh, uh, with her teacher. You don't say, tell me, I don't understand. You pick out anything you don't understand and ask about that. So you Google, you find anything and you go and say, I, don't, I can you help me understand this? Or I've read, I'm supposed to do this, but that, and I don't understand that. So you give them information to work with as opposed to just starting off with, a blank slate, I don't know. So that's that's the other thing. People are willing to tell you, but you, ha- we ha- you have to realize we get hit up on a lot for folks to tell us, uh, uh, for us to tell them. So if you narrow it down and ask a precise question, even saying, I don't know if this is a smart question to ask, but give it a start so that the person can then respond.
0: I think that they are willing to take you on as more genuine if you've shown that you've made an effort first. You got it. Yeah, it's yeah. sort of like trying to speak French in France even though you stink at it. <laughs> you know, if you make the effort, at least it's like, they'll be a little bit more forgiving about you mangling their language.
2: Yep. When I went to France and tried to talk with my, from my uh, uh, college French, Phrases kept coming back to me, and people kept encouraging me. They were so excited that I knew something.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had the same experience. Yes.
1: So, in the
2: workplace, how do you start to have
1: the talking across the racial divide? What is is that? Everybody going into a
2: conference room? Is it? What do you okay. recommend well, in your
1: certification courses for implementing?
2: Yeah. Okay, so we are implementing uh, a certification program on leadership in multicultural organizations. Okay. I would encourage anyone, I get a, a part of what motivated me to do this is I get calls from my former students saying, my organization wants me, the IT person, or me, the nurse, <laughs> the social worker, or me, the person who has nothing to do with any of this and never wants me to lead a, a diversity and inclusion initiative, right? So they pick the one person whose job has nothing to do with this and say, will you lead it? That's fine. I don't know, none of the people I talk to reject the offer because they want to see change, so they're very glad, but they call me up and say, now what? <laughs>
1: Yeah.
2: Right. Because, and so the thing is, the organization, if they're serious, has to be willing to pay for expertise. They would not hire someone to, to uh, do, they, uh, someone in IT to run the sales initiative and to improve the sales of the company. They wouldn't get the IT person to head up the accounting and to do the accounting work. So so this is a specialized field, just like all these other specialized fields, even though it seems like all you have to do is be nice and be respectful and everybody should be happy, even though you believe that the divide is so severe. And the silence of what's not being said is so strong that you need uh, expertise. Gene, okay. what kind
0: of traits do you have to have to, to be good at that?
2: To be good at that?
0: Yeah, to be good. To,
2: well, everybody has their definition of good. So I'm going to give you my definition of good. Okay. My definition of good is that you leave the place feeling where people feel better than they did before you start. So you don't leave the place where everybody mad at each other. You leave with everybody feeling better and better equipped to move forward together. So what do you need for that? You need the ability to listen. You need some not subject matter expertise about the uh, com- uh, communi- differences in communication styles. So, for example, I'm a highly expressive black female and I'm in the South with white women who were raised to be nice and polite and don't say anything if it's not. Uh, if it's not nice, don't say anything. I'm in a from a tell it like it is culture. So now you put us together. Mm-hmm. And you can guess what happens. So you have to have somebody who understands those cultural differences. And can embolden both groups to talk to one another in a way that could be heard.
1: What do you do with the employee that? just simply cannot grasp that there is an alternate reality. We're all living in the same world, but we're not living the same experiences. How do you get that person on board with a diversity initiative?
2: You go in through pain. The person who does not get it, even though it's abundantly clear, they're embroiled in their own pain. They have their own set of grievances. They have their own fear of being left out. The number of white men in corporate America who, who are, feel terrified and or resigned that they can never make it as far as they've made it, wanted to make is astounding. And so now you take that guy and then here's uh, the company is going to push anti-black initiatives or women or whatever And he thinks, but I never had my shot. When was I supposed to get my shot? So he has Mm -hmm. pain. Usually with those folks, when I'm doing in it, I talk to them. I just go talk. Let's let's understand where you're coming from. And you, you have to, people have to know you understand their pain before they're willing to listen to yours. Mm -hmm. Now, the people of color saying, I don't have time for this. He needs to grow up and get real. So everybody has to be said, if this doesn't work for everybody, it will work for nobody. Right. Mm -hmm.
1: You said that the divide is deeper than it's ever been right now. It's like snapshot in time. What are some of the? Well, other I don't
2: qualities? know. The Civil War was pretty bad. Well, yeah. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, yeah. 1864
1: was not good. What um, uh, What are some of the other qualities that we need to be aware of, as you see it, as for the state of consciousness in society right now and the workplace? Things to look out in for the to be aware of.
2: The, main, the main thing is, and I've been saying this for 20 years. The main thing is what Lee did saying, I don't know. The workplace you're rewarded for knowing. You're rewarded and you're penalized for asking questions and you're particularly penalized for asking superficial dumb questions that everybody should know the answer to. If that culture remains, then it would be hard to ever bridge the divide because the way to bridge it is by asking questions, saying I don't know and being willing to learn about
0: an alternate reality. You know, a, a lot of, uh, some, one chapter in your book that I, that I was reading, uh, you talk a lot about the, the myths of workplace change. You know, so, you know, I, I think that, you know, one of the things that was remarkable about the past year is that a lot of people banded together and said enough's enough, you know, okay. It's like some of us were really surprised that after all these years that we're still in this place uh, and you know, frustrated by that. But the thing is, so now we have to change. And one of the phrases that, that I saw kept coming up you know, in the book was the word assumed. Yes. <laughs> and it seems to me that we make an awful lot of assumptions about each other. And how do you encourage people then to, to suspend judgment and not assume? I think that's a great place to start. You know, on, on, you know, on all sides of an issue.
2: Yeah. I, in my train, on uh, my online uh, workshops we had and in my person to person training program, I literally take people through the steps of that because most people can't do it. They walk up and say, I don't want to assume you're stupid. But what you did was stupid. And then they come back to me and say, hey, That didn't work. You told me. Not to. You think? You, you think? So I, I went and, and I got laid out. So, you know, so, people literally have to learn how to voice an assumption, how to recognize an assumption and how to voice an assumption. I'm a social worker, so I've heard many a clinician who's been trained in nonverbal skills and to recognize nonverbals to say, I know what they're thinking. I've been trained to recognize it. Well, yeah, but you're looking at that person through your cultural lens of what that means. And so you have to, you you can't assume you can interpret nonverbals cross-culturally and even cross-generationally.
0: So what are some of the tips that you
2: teach during your program on that? First of all, how to recognize an assumption from a fact. He is stupid. Is that a fact or is that assumption?
0: Based on what?
2: We don't don't know. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So that's why we start there. In my world, he is stupid is an assumption it's an assumption on two counts. One, the word stupid hasn't been defined. We don't have a, a factual basis for that. And two, you don't know if what he is doing is stupid in the moment or in general, <laughs> he generally has something going on here. So, so, And for those of you, oh my God, okay. For those of you who are concerned about mental disabilities, I'm using an example. I'm not trying to be pejorative. Okay, so I I had to do that disclaimer. Okay, uh, so that's an example. So so step one is to differentiate between assumption and effect. And it's amazing how many people, how hard that really can be. Secondly, once you've made that distinction, then you have to say, okay, I have an assumption. So now you got to figure out how you're going to ask the person uh, uh, to check out the assumption. If I have a, an assumption that the reason I did not get my promotion was because you favored Jane, because she's your your daughter's, uh, she's your daughter's best friend or what have you. And you hired her. She had no redeeming skills. You hired her cause she was a friend of your daughter's and now I'm not getting promotion. She's promoted over me. And I know that I know that. So what do I do with that information? How do I even go and ask my boss what an insulting thing to say to my boss? Mm. So I so I have an assumption. It's going to sell the rest of my, my time there. What do I do with that? So y'all want to know the answer, correct? Yeah, okay. I would say
0: you'd want to check it out and you'd want to get curious and ask, ask questions about it rather than just, you know, voice an assumption.
2: What happened? Yes. I, I, I'm not. I, I, it's easy for me to make all kinds of assumptions about why Jane got the promotion and not me. It's very easy for me to do that. What I want is for you, Mr. Boss, to tell me forthrightly what I did and did not do that you were not, that I was not considered for the position. I want you to be straight with me. I want you to hurt my feelings if necessary because I want to grow and learn. And I won't if you tippy-toe around it. Mm-hmm.
0: And do and you see that sometimes if you're the boss is white, you're not white, that the boss has more of a tendency to want to tippy-toe around or whatever because eh, there might be a third rail there or whatever that I'm afraid to touch.
2: There's so much research on what you just said that cross-culturally, white to person of color, uh, they the people of color don't get developed like whites do because a one white assumes the next white will be able to take it but if i go cross cultural i'm not going i'm scared to tell them the full truth because they will then might use it against me or they might think i'm racist or i don't know if they're going to hr so i don't even get the information i need to succeed and then when promotion time comes i'm evaluated against the person who's been mentored all along and
0: yeah. then the assumption is is made then that you know You didn't get the job because of, and you don't have any facts then to dispute that. And so you still, now we have bad feelings that continue.
2: There we go. So, how do we bridge that
0: gap? How do we make that, to make that, that, that white boss feel more comfortable, you know, in that situation than to be real, you know, with his uh, team members of color, you know, the white
2: boss has to say to the person of color, and it can happen with across gender too. Can say to the person of color, I want to mentor you. But to do that, I'm going to have to say some tough things. I do it with all my others. I want the freedom with to do it with you also. Is Do we have a deal? And if I say something and you think I'm doing it because I'm white, or I'm holding something against you because I'm white. I grew up, white. (laughs) This is my reality. And the only way I'm going to learn if I offend is if you tell me. I've had friends tell me, Jean, if you, white friend, Jean, if you don't tell me, nobody else will. So if I put my foot in the mouth, please let me know. And sure enough, you'll discover on the blog, one person, Amy, uh, 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 who's the daughter of a close friend. So she was raised with me and all of She said something on Facebook that was not right. I called her up immediately and told her, but I did that because I knew permission. I ha- knew I had her permission. I've had other white friends put their foot in their mouth on Facebook and said nothing. Mm-hmm.
0: And, but you did it in private though. It sounded like,
2: uh, you know, you pick your, it's, it like anything you pick your battles. Mm. You do I, I'm not if I go around, I can't go around there, too many white people in the world for me to go around educating all of them. <laughs> well, I mean, I she's trust. she's a
0: friend of yours, right? So it's like, you know, Truth you, bombs you, everywhere. you didn't you didn't yeah. call her out, you know, and start a big, you know, thing on, on Facebook On that. You were it sounded to me like you were polite. You took her aside because I said, Hey, you know, I know this is not who you are, but uh,
2: Yeah, that's you need not to cool. fix it. And she fixed it. So yes, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, but uh, most of the time I let it go. <laughs> <piece of> the <laughs> gal that's
1: in the video on your website right? The yes, yeah, and she said yes. she was really glad that you told her that because yes. she was not aware how it came across. She said at all, just completely had right. no idea. And there's a video of... I I would have
0: been thrilled. I mean, if I I were her, I would have been totally thrilled. (laughs) I mean, just like I would have felt horrible that I'd said something insensitive, but it's like I would have felt much better that, you know, Mm
2: -hmm. you
0: felt comfortable telling me that I screwed up.
2: What you just said is key, Lee. Everybody has to be willing to feel uncomfortable, temporarily horrible, temporarily embarrassed, and willing to move forward from there. If what I say is you will get a hit. If you're growing, if you're truly growing, you will get a hit. And, and what I tell my people in my workshops and my, class, embarrass me, speak up publicly. If I put my foot in the mouth, if I say the wrong thing, embarrass me. I will, I'd much rather you embarrass me publicly where I can redeem myself. than you go talk about me in the hallways, in the mm-hmm. bathroom, and nothing, and I never know, and I'm harmed in the long run. So give right. me the tip for a hit.
1: So leadingconsciously.com is your website. we got just a, about a minute left. Do you want to talk a little oh. bit about the, the Pathfinders group that you sure. have on there through the website as well?
2: So Yes. It's an online monthly membership program that I established for people who wanted to learn how to move forward in the racial and social justice arena, in their workplace, their communities, their homes, their personal lives, wherever. And we focus on how to reduce racism, promote inclusion. Uh, People will read a blog post, comment on it, a community is forming, exciting dialogue. And we also give people a practice exercise for them to try out, and then they can come back and talk about it in, the, in their discussion group or come to a coaching call. It's low cost because I want I to want particularly appeal to those who don't have access to the highfalutin corporate exotic training programs this is for your everyday person who wants to learn, doesn't have much time. So it's an hour and a half a week. Right now, it's $36 per month. You, if you join, you get locked in at that cost. We will raise the cost. We've already raised it once. And we will raise the cost again. Maybe I'm not sure how many times. We'll see. But right now, if you sign up at 36 you keep it. as long as you
1: stay active. And that's just ongoing. And then my last question for you is, uh, so if I wanna implement a program, what is your best practice recommendation for how long it should take to start a diversity and inclusion and equity program in my company? And then it needs to be just an ongoing commitment of activity and perpetuity, correct? It's not like a one-off, oh, I did it, I'm done.
2: It's not like a one-off, it's like exercise. It's like exercise. You build it. Once you build in the habit, the momentum, muscle memory will keep you getting out on the trail or whatever it is you're doing. But getting from there to here to there, you have to do a lot of forgiveness because there will be many a morning you'll get up and say, I can't move. I ain't doing it. And so you have to. So you slowly build up. Organizational change experts say it takes three to seven years there you go. There it is. Or change to take home.
0: Yeah. And we got to stick with it. You know, it, it can't be, it just be we're all inflamed at the events of the day or of the summer of the past year or something like that, because that's happened repeatedly. I mean, my entire life, yeah. you know, and and, and that's why we're at where we're at. But yeah. I will say this, Jane, it's like the more I have conversations uh, like this one, uh, the thing that keeps coming back to me over and over again is like good people are good people. It's like, you know, other people want what you want, you know, dignity, respect, you know, honesty, authenticity. It's like I, I think that those are some of the similarities that give me hope that, you know, things can get better. Things can change for the, for the best. I hope you see this feel the same way, too, Jean.
2: I I absolutely believe I call it I believe in the goodness of the human spirit. I absolutely positively believe in that person. You show me somebody on death row and tell me how many murders he's committed. And I think inside that person is someone who wanted the, who wanted the same things I want and who wants to be good. The trick is the road from, the, from where I am now to the goodness of the person is a treacherous road. and it is, And it's the source of the divide. So what looks like a good person to me, this may not look like a good person to you. What are good, what actions that show me respect that I would regard as showing me respect are not the same things, may not be the same things as what you will regard as showing you respect.
0: So we have to get on the same page.
2: Well, we have to learn each other's language. You've heard, ah. you, know, you know the love languages for couples? hmm you have to learn the love languages for different different individual cultural differences in your organization.
1: Well, it's a tall order, and we're lucky We've got a learn. lot of learning to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Ladding, this has been such a privilege. I loved having you on the show, and uh, we hope you'll come back and talk to us some more later in the year. We'll see where we are six months from now.
2: How about that? Uh, sounds good to me, and I enjoyed it very much. I enjoyed your questions very much.
0: We loved having you. Thank
2: you. Thank you, and thanks. I'm glad to be here.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.